your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show, and a special hello if you're listening live or watching us live on Instagram, at Adam Sank. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Trump is gone. We have a new president. Hallelujah. And we're coming at you live. Yes, live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, January 23rd, 2021 at DNRstudios.com. The only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this ridiculous show. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Uh, what else? Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download my two comedy albums. Get your official ass merch. This is important. There is a brand new design at the Adam Sank Show shop. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's the outline of Trump's hair, and it just says, Bye, shithead! And you can get that on a t-shirt, tank top, mug, mask, whatever you'd like. They are actually flying off the shelves. It's my best-selling item of all time. Special thanks to my friend Eric Alon for designing it, even though he did not want credit. Um, so yeah, go to adamsank.com for all your ass merch. Our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not only is he a, an ass favorite, it's twinkster comedian Drew Lausch, but also he's going to be live in the Derek and Romaine studios. We're going to be actually, actually going to be able to see him, if not touch him. Uh, he just came back to New York. He was just tested for COVID, tested negative. We're all behind plastic, so you don't have to worry about us. And uh, Derek and Romaine have given permission for this. So we're excited to have an in-studio guest because the phone interviews, you know, God love our guests. It's just really tough to have a good interview when you can't see the person. Ryan is like belching and ruffling papers and doing all kinds of shit. The hand sanitizer just attacked me. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and speaking of which, that's my co-host. Give it up for him, the Prince of Pigs, Ryan Frostig. Can you feel a brand new day? Can you feel a brand new day? I forgot the choreography for that. Um, also with us as always is our producer, JB, the queen of fuckery. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, we have a million things to talk about today. I want to leave time for Drew Lausch. Let's quickly just kind of – I'm interested in getting your uh, reaction to Inauguration Day mm. because it had me feeling some type of way. Some type of way. Several types of ways. Let's start with JB. <laughs> did you watch – first of all, did you watch it or were you just like playing video games and masturbating? All, I, uh, hold on. I did watch it. I'm, I'm very, very shocked why you come to me first, especially in these type of conversations. I'm always the well, first Well, we one. never start with you and I feel like uh, it's your turn. Um, okay. So here's <laughs> – I love Black Twitter, and this is why I love Black Twitter because we was having the ball during the inauguration. <laughs> Biden, <laughs> not Biden. Um, oh my God, oh my God, what's, Bernie, Bernie. We had mittens. <laughs> he oh, was the mittens. The coat. Oh my God. Um, I came, I came to the inaugural, but I got other stuff to do today. Like he was, <laughs> he was giving us everything. But besides that, it was also Michelle Obama. Oh my God, body, body, yaddy, yaddy. that gorgeous outfit. Yes, and her husband, like, yeah, I got me a bad bitch. Like that, that is real black excellency right there. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
beautiful. I it felt was, it, and I'm white. Yeah, it was just a beautiful moment. We, I cried. Like I don't know if, I don't know if other black yeah, turners, but too. I cried. I was like, Michelle, you so beautiful. Obama, you a real nigga. I just love you so much. Like I'll eat both y'all pussies. <laughs> both of them. Both of them. Both of them. I, I cried when Kamala Harris walked out onto the dais. Ugh. I wasn't prepared for that reaction. Yeah. Just the sight of her and knowing it was the first woman to reach the executive branch, as well as the first person of color vice president, the first South Asian vice president. Like, the moment got to me, and I was like, holy crap, this is really happening. Sorry, I skipped over. Uh, did you have more, JB? Oh, no. That was, I just, I, I felt, I felt proud. Like, I was. Again, I was really more there for the memes. <laughs> but you know, you're a cynical. But, you're a cynical person by nature. No. So the fact that you were moved, yes, I think says something. I mean, I feel like okay. So here's here's why I have to analyze why I was moved. Like seeing because again, Barack and Michelle they didn't pop off for Trump. They was like, no, nah, I'm gonna stay home. But they popped out, which means real shit. Which means maybe change. Which means let's see. Let's see wait, what happens. You feel some hope. I do. But Good. knowing me, it's gonna get crushed in like five five <laughs> seconds. So I can't, I can't. We as a black community, we can't keep hoping for too long because they just take it away and run. But it was nice having that. I'm glad. Moment. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Ryan Frosting. Okay, I have three things. The first thing, of course, the fashions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> both uh, um, Kamala and Jill and Michelle all wore. Um, like sort of like up and coming designers, um, um, designers of color. Um, that was really cool. I thought they looked amazing. It was it was the day of coats. Mm-hmm. Um, I got emotional during uh, Gaga's national anthem mm. because it was so dramatic. But when she pointed to the flag and said, "Our flag was still there," that just, was a moment. It was a moment, and and it and it was um, it wasn't her just like it felt like a like genuine. Um, like she was genuinely moved in the moment, and um, so that was amazing. And then Amanda Gorin. Oh God, Gorman. Gorman. Sorry, my apologies. She, her poem brought me to tears. Me too. It was, and, and it and it really signaled that like we are entering, we are re-entering um, an era in the White House where culture, real culture, all different types of culture are welcomed, are accepted, and it's um. It, it it isn't just like white people, and not just culture, but real sentiment. Yes, you know, for four years we got b- bullshit platitudes, conspiracy theory. There was never any honest emotional yeah. sentiment about anything because those people are incapable of it. So I agree. It was you know my mother was watching it and she said they're real people. These are all real people yes. that we can actually identify with. Now maybe the other side says the same things about Trump and his people, and they hate our people, and they feel like they're phony. Who knows? Right. But when Amanda Gorman said, for there is always light if we are brave enough to see it. Mm-hmm. No, I got that wrong. For there is only light if... For, <laughs> for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Mm. Oh it's just so beautiful. God. And she's 22. She's amazing. She's She's... She's it was one of those very lines young. where as soon as I heard it, I thought that will be remembered and yes. repeated forever. Yeah. But it was it was such a special moment and um, just very exciting. I agree. I, I As I said, I was very moved. Uh, I found myself getting choked up throughout and for at an odd times, you know, just in just watching an image or seeing someone walk across the dais and realizing that the past four years of what for me 
and I know for millions of others, just felt like endless trauma, mm -hmm. just endless fear, trauma, mm -hmm. anxiety to sort of realize that we could actually let that go. Yes. Not forget. No. Not sweep under the rug, mm -mm. but like this was a real sea change in how our government was going to function, how our country was going to be run, and just the tone that was going to be set. It, to me, it was such a dignified, lovely, American yes. um, spectacle. And after four years of feeling like this isn't my country anymore, I felt like this is my, this is my country. The other performance, last thing I'll say, the other performance that really moved me was um, Katy Perry's Firework. Huh. Did you guys see that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it was so beautiful. The, the, the fireworks were so beautiful. I'm such a sucker for, you know, a fireworks stunt show. Um, but she, she performed it so well. And yeah, it was just such a great day. Just gave, filled me with hope. Me as well. Okay, we're going to skip recommended viewing because uh, I want to fit everything else in. Oh. I have a little bit of business to tell you about. And you Instagram viewers should really pay attention because the new DNR Studios app is out. If there was ever a time to subscribe to The Adam Sank Show and to the DNR Studios Plus uh, uh, package especially, it's now. Because now, right on your phone, you can download this app and have all of the shows at your fingertips. All, all of the them? If you get the Plus package. All of them, isn't yes. That, isn't that right? Yes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm acting like a viewer. Are you sure all of them? Oh, are you playing? The, are we yeah. doing an improv? Mm -hmm. Yes, and. Yes, and, honey. Uh, yes, and it's fabulous, and it's, it's the easiest way to listen. Uh, you know, you could always listen to the live player on the website, but, you know, when you're on your phone and you're on the go, that can be kind of sketchy because sometimes your phone... You know, the screen goes black sure, and then sure, you have sure. to refresh. This is an app. This is just like any other app. So it's fabulous. It goes to the Adam Sank Show, Happy Campers, I Love My Wife, the Derek and Romaine Show, of course, all these great LGBTQ podcasts. Go to dnrstudios.com. Uh, so here's what I'm supposed to read to you. It's free to download from the Apple App Store. Listeners simply need to upgrade their account to a DNR Plus subscription if, they're, if they don't already have one. For new listeners, you can download the app and sign up for the DNR Plus show through the app. Make sure that you highlight the Adam Sank show, hashtag ass, as your primary show. Because I want credit. Uh, DNR, uh, DNR cast listeners can easily call into the show and download their favorite episodes. It also gives listeners access to multiple shows, as I said, on the DNR Studios Network. So uh, do that, please. Do it. Do it, everyone. So now we have to talk about something horrible. Oh, God. Um, but we, I, I can't not mention it because it's just too big right. a thing that happened to one of our one, – two members of our DNR Studios family, um, colleagues and friends of ours. Matthew Camp and his roommate Six, who are also the uh, hosts of the Happy Campers podcast, an arsonist burned their house down. On January 14th, a man went up to their front porch, poured gasoline everywhere, lit it on fire, and fled. And their entire house was destroyed and everything in it, except, thank God, for them. They woke up to their house in flames and managed to escape with themselves, thank God, but with none of their possessions. Um, they, Matt, they live way upstate. They live uh, in the Poughkeepsie area. And 
they believe that this is a hate crime. It should be mentioned that the house that, that Matthew and Six lived in had a long and notorious history before they lived in it. It's called, in that area of, of the state, they, it's called the Halloween House. Um, it used to be the home of someone named Joe Netherworld Mandillo, a high-ranking rec- member of the Church of Satan. Hmm. Uh, he had turned the building into a space for the Satanist community to gather for Halloween. Um, Matthew Camp tells Out Magazine that Mandela was a longtime friend and mentor of his and that he purchased the home to restore its memory. So this investigation is just beginning. It could be that the person who burned it down had some animus against the former owner. Mm-hmm. But it's even more likely that it was a hate crime against Matthew, who was a very visible public figure as an out gay man and a sex worker, mm-hmm. um, you know, that it was just some wretched homophobe who did this. But um, Six started a GoFundMe to help support them during this time because, as I said, everything they own was went up in flames. And uh, I, I posted the GoFundMe on Twitter and on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. They've raised a ton of money so far, and uh, I know that it means a lot to them. Um, they, they haven't done an episode of Happy Campers since it happened, but they did do a live check-in, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to play a little bit of that. Hit it, JB. Hi, and welcome to our Happy Camper check-in. As you probably know, we've had a very <laughs> traumatic uh, week so far. And we're just trying to catch our bearings right now. We're safe. We're, we're fine. Safe. We're okay. We're laying low. Um, yeah, like what? And the just fuck? trying to put our lives back together. Jesus Christ! It's crazy. Oh, I, I, my heart goes out to them. I'm so happy that they are okay. Um, people are more important than possessions. So it's, 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 it's. I'm happy that they are okay. It's kind of miraculous yeah, that they're okay. Absolutely. And I mean, I just saw a still photo and it looks like a Hollywood set. Oh my where god. You see a house that's engulfed in flames. Yeah. And you know, like we, we know people from gay men's course who have who the you know, their apartments have uh you know, um like building like apartments. They've building. had a fire in the apartment. But to know that someone went and had the intention to light this house on fire. And it's on video. It's on yeah. security video. You can yeah. see him do it. it Unfortunately, it, his face is covered. It's so disturbing, and um, my heart goes out to them, and we, we, we send our love. And one of the things they said in that uh, check-in that they did is, you know, traumatic things happen all the time to people. Mm-hmm. If you lose your parents, mm-hmm. you know what that's like. Mm-hmm. Or, God forbid, your, your child, mm-hmm. or you get cancer and have to go through, like there's all kinds of trauma and, and challenges, but usually with most things, when you announce that you're going through this, a lot of people will reach out to you and say, I went through the same thing. Let me tell you, you know, how to get through it. Hardly anyone knows what it's like to have your house intentionally set on fire. Like there isn't anyone to commiserate with. There's just the two of them to sort of figure out like, well, what do we do now? And how do we move forward? And where do we live? And like, it's just it's surreal it is completely surreal um so my heart goes out to them too and matthew's actually supposed to be on the show in a few weeks we had him booked prior to this yeah. incident i hope that he'll still come on mm-hmm. um i'd love to talk to him about this as well as uh just everything about matthew fascinates me yes <laughs> but yes. uh but i you know we'll see if we'll see if he's up to it but in the meantime um you should listen to the happy campers podcast regularly 
Yeah. And uh, and uh, the next one will be when? Wednesday, JB? We, we don't know when we're going to have a live new one. Uh, so I guess here you guys, uh, you guys get a secret insider clip because as a producer for both shows, <laughs> I know I know T, uh, they're making good progress in getting things back. Like Six already has a laptop. Uh, DNR, we offered to help get new mics. So I hope... They do the show from home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hope... Uh, I hope... They reached out to Romaine, like I told them to. <laughs> who's who's ready? Who's she's already she's ready to help them and help them get back on their feet. Because I don't know if you know this, but Romaine has also been through a house fire. And oh I wow, like, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, oh great. So, but not yeah. arson. No, not arson, but a house fire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as in getting your life back together, mm-hmm. as, as I would say. So I hope I hope they did reach out to Romaine in that sense and try to get themselves back together. Yeah, I'm sure she can offer some kind of guidance through this time, but I I uh, I'm sending them both my love and support and Same. um and I donated to the GoFundMe and I I recommend that everyone else do as well. All right, there was also a huge uh medical story this year uh, this week that was of interest to me and should be of interest to to most gay men, and that is that the FDA has now approved a combination of two monthly shots to treat HIV in place of daily pills. Hmm. This treatment is called Cabanuva, which to me sounds like an exotic resort in the Caribbean. Welcome to Cabanuva. Let's go to Cabanuva and bring your sunscreen. Um, One of the two shots has also been shown effective at preventing HIV, just like taking PrEP, but it hasn't been approved for that yet. Uh, Now, as someone who's HIV positive, I read this and I was like, why would you want this? Because for me, taking my one pill every morning is not a, a challenge. I, right. I, I already take a vitamin every morning. So instead of one pill, I take two pills. Right. Not to mention all the pills I take at night. Hey, how so, uh, but apparently there are people for whom uh, a daily pill, adherence to that is very challenging for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so... And the thing about HIV is if you take your meds every single day, you can live a long, healthy life indefinitely as yes. long as anyone else. If you if you skip doses and you don't adhere to that, you can have serious problems because the virus starts to build up a resistance as mm. soon as you stop taking the meds. Mm-hmm. So for people who are in that category of uh, you know not adhering to the daily regimen, this is a huge breakthrough. The other thing about this that kind of scares me and why I would always stick to the pill is it's not a normal needle. Ooh. It's uh, the, the required needles are wider and longer than those used for a flu shot because the barrels inside the needle have to hold several times the volume of medicine. That is like, no, ooh. thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But listen, but there's there's options. There's options, and every medical advance in the field of HIV is great news. Amazing. Actually, I think this is great for people who who aren't like you and me, Adam, who take one day, who take one pill a day. There are people who have to take multiple pills a day to combat the HIV. I feel like. If- I guess there are, and I'm and I take it for granted that that everybody's on one pill. Because, yeah. but you're right, that's not the case. Particularly if you've had it for. Decades, or you and were been born through, with it. or you were born with it, or you've been through other regimens. You're yeah. right. You're right. So I, I think this is great, uh, great news for people who are not on the one day pill. Sure, Let's try it out, see if it works. Absolutely, and I think it's probably only a matter of time before it's approved for prep. Sure, and um, but I do. Um, I needle. Not, I no, 
It's weird because I, I don't mind a needle when it's like a tattoo, but I, I hate getting shots. I, I can't look. I don't mind getting shots, but the idea of like an extra wide, right. extra long needle reminds me of that Will and Grace with, with oh nurse God. trainee Pittman. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Right. I've done this bunches of times, mostly with oranges. <laughs> so good. Uh, in other news, and I promise you we're not going to talk about Donald Trump at all going forward, uh, unless Here's... he's convicted by the Senate, in which case we're all going to do a naked dance mm -hmm. in the studio. But um, I just want – and I want to do this story because specifically I'm getting trolled on Instagram by this motherfucking gay Trump supporter oh whom gosh. I do not know and do not follow. I, you know, he has one of these Instagram names where I don't even know his name. But every time I would put anything anti-Trump on Insta, he would like send me a DM. And the first time he sent me, it was like – he's still your president for another week or something like that. And I wrote back, he was never my president. Mm. And then the day of inauguration, I, you know, my slogan is buy shithead whenever someone gets fired or yeah. run, gets run out of office or resigns. So I sang a little buy shithead song in honor of Trump leaving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone was like, you know, giving me the little applause emoji and all that stuff. And this motherfucker sends me another DM, and it says, not cute. Oh, my God. And I just said, go fuck yourself, and I blocked him. And since then, he keeps creating new no. Instagram accounts just so he can, like, send me nasty messages. And his latest one, he sent me a comment saying, I hope the Proud Boys find you. And oh, he's dear. gay. He has identified himself to me as a pro-Trump gay man living in New York City. So to him and to all the other deluded Gay people who somehow think Trump was was uh, was good for them. On his way out the door, the Trump administration issued a declaration stripping LGBTQ people of non-discrimination practices. Uh, basically, this was a new rule that was announced Tuesday before inauguration. So basically the day before inauguration that will allow social services providers to discriminate based on sexual orientation and gender identity. It will have far-reaching consequences affecting everything from adoption services to housing services to elder care. Uh, someone at Lambda Legal said, even as Trump administration officials abandoned ship, Health and Human Services has announced yet another dangerous rule that invites discrimination against the very people federal grant programs are meant to help. This was a 77-page release. They really worked on this. And it does away with all of the Obama-instituted rules, which prohibited discrimination based on sex, gender identity, or sexual orientation. Uh, the new rules go into effect on February 11th. They will disrupt child welfare organizations. Um, you know, Joe Biden is definitely going to reverse this. That's what I was going to ask. But I don't know if it, if it can happen immediately or what the hurdles are. It's just like, even if you're, let's say, okay, even if you're fine with racism, fine with family separation, fine with, like, endless lies, fine with, you know, rioters destroying the Capitol and trying to kill members of Congress and Vice President Pence, even if you're that kind of person, if you're gay, why are you okay with this? Why Why is any queer – 20%. Remember we did that yeah. story. 20% of gay people voted for Trump in 2020. I don't get it. Well, it makes me think about the Lady Maga story that we did. And it, it makes me think, especially when it comes to like, um, like protections uh, against discrimination, 
just because you are a uh, a gay queer person who supports Trump doesn't mean that you are safe from being, you know, like... Um, You're not protecting yourself from, from the mob. Right. And so these... Um, like these protections are are for you, and if you are in a position where you need protection, you're not going to be able to get it. So I, I just, it just, none of it makes sense. It's just, it's, it's like it's like the mm. Jews who supported the Nazis, and you're exactly right, thinking that it would keep them safe. Like, yeah, I'll just stay on this inner circle and I'll be okay. And then they wound up in concentration camps. Yeah, we don't learn anything from history. No, we don't know history in this country. But uh, back to this motherfucker. Yes. I just want to say, in general, if you hate me, if you hate the things I say, you don't have to follow me. Right. I'm not following you. I don't know who you are. I don't understand. I don't, I think, I don't think it's, it's ultimately not about you, even though it's... It's always about me. No, but... (laughs) Shut the fuck up. But really, I mean, this person obviously... Shut up, cunt! This is a disturbed person that needs love, light, and help. It's scary. Um, Anyway, in happier news, President Biden, and I love Mm, saying that. That's so good. uh, His first day in office, he signed a historic LGBTQ executive order. Uh, He signed 17 executive orders in total, um, all of them rolling back hideous things that Trump had done. But one of them was what a leading advocate called the most sub- substantive LGBT plus executive order in history. It reinforces Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and ensures that the federal government does not discriminate against anyone on the basis of sexual orientation and sexual identity. The order will be of particular, evidence, uh, particular relevance to any queer employees uh, at federal agencies. As we were just saying, the previous administration made it harder for trans people to access health care benefits and even removed the words sexual orientation from workplace discrimination uh, materials. Um, Biden also wants to quickly reverse Trump's order that banned trans people from the military, but that may take longer. Um, He also is going to try and introduce something called the Equality Act, during his first 100 days in office. Um, Alfonso David, who's the president of the Human Rights Campaign, said Biden's executive order is the most substantive, wide-ranging, and we just said that. Uh, Yeah, so we're turning it around. We we are. I mean, that was his first day in office, which is a very good sign. Meanwhile, Biden has also nominated the first openly trans Senate-confirmed level official in the United States of America. Her name is Dr. Rachel Levine. She will become the Assistant Secretary of Health. And just like the Secretary of Health, she needs to go through Senate confirmation. Um, She has been Pennsylvania's Secretary of Health and has been widely uh, lauded there. Um, She was appointed originally by Governor Wolf of 2017 as Acting Health uh, Secretary and was confirmed three times by the Republican-controlled State Senate to serve as Secretary of Health and the state's Physician General. And as I said, if confirmed, she will be the highest ranking transgender official ever in the U.S. government. That's so cool. It's really cool. It is, it, this, is, this is the America that I want to exist in. Mm-hmm. 
I want to do this story about the gay hairdresser who took part in the Capitol riots, but I don't want to uh, run out of time, and I know you have to do your RuPaul's Drag Race updates. But so. also one thing about the Rachel Levine thing. Please. It, it, her being trans is just the icing on top of the cake. She's also someone that is good at her job oh, of who course. is Hugely absolutely qualified. qualified. Yes. And that is something that That's we will – That's new. That, exactly. Um, but but there are lots of qualified people of lots of different backgrounds and uh, identities, and so like, it's just um, it's just exactly exciting. like Trump made Car- Ben Carson head of HUD, right? Because he was a black guy, not because he had any qualifications for it. Because exactly. he was a black ultra conservative asshole. Rachel Levine actually did this for Pennsylvania, the job that she is going to be doing for the United States, and she did it amazingly well, right? So you're right. It's not just about like representation. It's about like representation among people who are really good at their yeah, jobs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what's that's what's exciting about this new government. So yeah, we're gonna um, JB. We're gonna skip the gay hairdresser story. Maybe we'll do it next week, uh, and we will go right to Ryan Frosty because there's lots of RuPaul's Drag Race news. So take it away, Ryan. So Chante, you stay. I wanted to do something a little bit different today. I'm not going to do a uh, Ru cap of. Um, any of the current episodes of mm. RuPaul's Drag Race, because there's six different franchises existing at one time. Um, and I wanted to talk about something that came up that I saw on Twitter. Um, season 11 winner of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Evie Oddly, tweeted, um, she she shared a tweet that was basically asking, are we going to see the same designers every season and and um, when are we going to start judging the designers instead of the quote unquote mannequins um, that are wearing their clothes? And it caused a bit of controversy on the internet, um, but it also brought up this um, this sort of conversation that has been kind of um, you know on the on the surface uh, in the past couple of years, which is that because the show has evolved and has sort of um, there's been this boom in the past couple of years. You know, when Drag Race began, it was very ready to wear. It was very, you just grabbed whatever you could find yes. and put together a look. I mean, that's what drag queens do. You know, they go to thrift stores. They, they mop. They sew. They sew. They, they, they have to be crafty and creative and resourceful. Um, but now, because the, the production of the show is so elevated, the, um, the viewership um, is so massive and, and wide, there is this expectation that everything that you see on Drag Race has to be top tier. And so all of the queens that go on the show now, um, they, are, they are hiring designers, which most of these designers are queer, so they're you know providing work to queer artists, but they are shelling out thousands of dollars on these couture pieces, these yes. bespoke pieces, which is fabulous because we want to see you know beautiful garments on TV. But it's sort of um, highlighting this sort of like uh, socioeconomic, um, socioeconomic, socioeconomic um, disparity as far as like if you don't have thirty thousand dollars, you are not going to succeed on Drag Race because you are being held to the same standard as someone who has the money, who has the clothes, and it, it kind of takes away from the magic of like. I don't know, taking nothing and turning it into something. I agree. I think, you know, one of the things that's so impressive to me about Tamisha mm-hmm. this season, you know, her clothes aren't necessarily the most sophisticated or the most elef- elegant. I said elephant. 
elegant, but she makes them herself. Yes. And they're beautifully constructed and they fit her perfectly. And that, to like you said, that to me is part of being a drag queen. It's not just, can I go out and, and pay someone thousands of dollars for this incredible outfit, but what can I create myself? And the other thing, especially now that we're in a pandemic, you know, back in the day, uh, or not that long ago, but let's say like season 10, um, some of the queens would take out loans to pay for their their outfits on the show um, with the with uh, knowing that they would have gigs that they, they could then make that money back. Whereas now there aren't any gigs. Everything is virtual. Right. Everything is like, uh, you know, drive in. And so there's an expectation to um, produce the same quality of uh of of garments but there's not um where is this money coming from and because this the franchise is just turning out you know we're gonna get drag race down under we're gonna get uh spain there's um the queens aren't able to sort of like soak up the opportunities uh, like at, whereas there used to be one season per year right and now there's like five seasons i per happen year. to think it's it's oversaturation i, yeah. I it annoys me that there are new episodes of Drag Race US and Drag Race UK coming out simultaneously because I feel compelled to watch them both. I can't keep it straight. It's it's hard enough for me to figure out everyone's names. But if you think about like American Idol, America's Next Top Model, Project Runway, I mean, they these shows have always had international franchises happening at the at the same time. Yeah, but no one in the in America watched them. Right. But also they're not they're not like if you go on America's Next Top Model, you're not expected to shell out a certain amount of money to be a contestant on the show. If you're an American Idol contestant, you just have to show up and sing. If you go on Drag Race, you are you unless they provide you know garments for you for specific challenges, you're expected to bring a package as if it's a pageant. Which, by the way, there are you know the pageant world is also very costly, so right. it's not like this is. I mean, you're basically asked to make a giant investment, yes. which in most cases will pay off over time when there isn't a pandemic going right. on. But it, it goes back to what you said about socioeconomics. It means that if you are in the wealthier strata of society, you have a much better chance of, of winning and going further on Drag Race than if you are poor and doing everything for yourself. And, so, and it shouldn't be about that. It, yeah. It's almost like on Project Runway when they send them home to make their collection. They're each given a budget and they must stick to that budget and the show pays for it. That's what RuPaul can do. And in my opinion, should do with the kind of money that shows raking in. And the last thing I'll say before we move on to our fabulous guest. Yes. I also want to do the listener voicemail. Right. Another example of this is um, Crystal Method from last season. Mm -hmm. um, she had a runway look. It was the like um, red, white, and blue Americana look. And she said they were all pulled. All the pieces were pulled from, from thrift stores. So it's not about the cost. It's about the Creativity. And it's about the look. It's yeah. it's it's whatever the category is, what category are you delivering? Is. Category is. So thank you, Ryan, for that very about that thoughtful today. RuPaul's Drag Race update. I like mm, uh, I like you. you doing something uh substantive as yeah. opposed to simply a recap. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Um, you guys, we got our first ever oh, listener voicemail. Wait, quick question before we go into that. Did you did you want me to do the creepy one too or no? Uh, do you have it? I do have it. That's right. why I like. we should so, do the creepy one. So we one. actually got two listener voicemails. The first one was intentional. Uh, this is you can call 804-TALK-ASS anytime you want when we're not on the air and, and leave a voicemail. And our first one comes from listener Sean. Take a listen. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is uh, uh, thanks for that interview with Kenny Melman. You know, I'm not 
uh, big into the drag scene. You know, everything I know about it, I've learned from listening to you and, and you know, Derek and Romaine over the years. Uh, but certainly you've educated me. And uh, Kenny Melman's just amazing. I'm going to do some uh, Googling and YouTube to find out more about uh, about that group. And uh, was it Phineas and Herb or whatever? And then um, Phineas, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of led me on a little journey. Um, when you talked about Velvet Rage, I'm going to order that book. I'd like to, to read it and maybe gain some perspective. And then uh, Kenny's comment about uh, uh, Al Parker made me, of course, curious. He's was a really good-looking guy, obviously, but he's got a book called Clone, Life and, Legacy, Life and Legacy of Al Parker that somebody wrote about him, and I've been looking for it, and it seems to be out of print. If anybody knows where to pick up a copy of Clone, uh, that'd be really great. All right, have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Hope you all are staying uh, healthy and safe. Bye-bye. Thanks, listener Sean, and what a great phone connection. Um, that's What's funny is that uh, Phineas and Ferb it's a Disney show. Is a, is a yeah. TV show. You meant Kiki and Herb. Um, real quick, so then yesterday, this incredibly creepy wrong number message came in. Hey, I want to talk to her. Please let me talk to her. No, don't play the number. Don't play the number. He called twice. Some drunk-ass hillbilly. Okay, I have a confession. Was it you? It was me. I knew it. I'm just kidding. Uh, that was scary. Okay, time for our guest segment. And our guest today is an ass all-star. You know him from his multiple appearances on the show. He's just out with a brand new web series entitled Sugar Baby. Here's a taste. Hannah just sent me 900 Australian dollars. Why would Hannah fork over what I'm sure is her hard-earned stripper cash? Because she's going to be our new roomie. What? She's going to live with you, me, and Jonah in our room, and she loves babies. No. Why? The last time I saw Hannah, she tried to pour liquid LSD into my eyes. I feel like you're not hearing me. 900 Australian dollars for us to do whatever we want. I hate her. Why? She calls me Dre. I love the name Dre. (sighs) Oh, yeah, that's her. You mind getting the door, matey? That accent's fucked up. And joining us right here in the DNR studio, please give a warm-ass welcome to everyone's favorite twinkster comedian, Drew Lausch. How? Let the audience. Let the audience. The Sorry, no, I was like, I want. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for having me, you guys. I you're here in the flesh. This I know, it's so crazy. You it's... are our first in-studio guest since March 2020. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm truly honored, and it feels so great to see you guys in person. I mean, me what too. a gift! And yeah. you look great. Your you hair don't... looks amazing. Yeah. Thanks. I yeah. love that color. The, the pink was a moment, but I was like, but I felt the pandemic inspired me. I was like, I'm just gonna try everything that yeah. I haven't tried before. For, you know what I mean? It's adorbs. Thanks. So since you are our first in-studio guest in almost a year, I need to ask, are you running a temperature? No, I'm not. Have you been around <laughs> anyone who's tested positive for COVID in the last two weeks? I have not. All right. Well, then good. So I'm like, I haven't been able to taste or smell for a minute. We're going to have to take your rectal. Uh, we're going to have to take your rectal temperature before you leave just to um, with our penises. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> just to make sure that you're OK. Oh, goodness. So you have been on the move, I feel like. Every time I've talked to you during the pandemic, you're in a different state. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Ex- super spreader. And you're, you're I mean, in many ways. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and you're back in Brooklyn now. Yes. Yeah. Where have you been? Explain your yeah, trajectory. Well, I was thinking about it because I was like, okay, the last time I chatted with you on the show, I was calling in from Colorado, which, so, like, 
March, I was in L.A. doing, like, two weeks of shows. Um, That's and- when you met the short guy with the huge dick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, massive, like a third arm. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like something. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm so lonely now. Um, it's been so, so long since I've been touched. Um, yeah, so I was in LA for like the beginning, and then I went to Colorado to visit my family for like four days, and then I got stuck there for like six months, and then I went to Minnesota because um, my family has like a lake house there, so I spent the summer oh, there. How fancy! Yeah, it's like it's so tough being me. Um, and then I, yeah, and then I was back in New York, but then I went to Colorado for like a month and a half for the holidays because my sister was back and it was like, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, feel I'm like not you've just been example, living your life as if there's no pandemic going on. I wouldn't say that that's like necessarily true. <laughs> wow. I mean, as I say that out loud, I was like, God, I sound vapid and terrible. But <laughs> Were you also um, in Puerto Vallarta going to circuit parties over New Year's Eve? No. See, and that's like where I drew the line. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, there was, I mean, to see family, I, don't say as I do, though. Like, I'm not a good example. <laughs> but I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to go home for the holidays. But I mean, you know, I mean, I really haven't been fucking anyone. So that's sweet good of for me. You. Yeah. I mean, aren't you usually the one getting fucked? True, Let's yeah. <laughs> I'm a top now. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Drew, uh, when and how were you able to uh, – let me ask you this. When you and I lived together briefly in South Florida yeah. during our naked comedy shows of July 2019. Oh, my God. You yeah. were working on something at the time. Right. Was it this? Yeah, it was. So this has been gestating for a while. Yeah, no, it's um, – I'm talking about Sugar Baby, Drew's new web series. Yeah, um, we started – I mean, I'm trying to even think – yeah, like, because I was still – I mean, we were – we had just finished – well, we had finished a chunk of shooting by the time we went to Florida, but then oh. I, but we had to do a bunch of reshoots, which is why, well, I guess because you did two weeks. I was there for the <laughs> full the month. Yeah, the you full mo- month. You moved to Florida. Yeah, Grandpa Drew was like, I'm sticking around, boys. Um, but I actually, like the weekend that I had to fly back, I had to do like our last round of, of like pickup shots to mm. finish the series. And then I... um. And then I, like, flew back, and then it was done. But I was doing, re- like, because I remember, I feel like I was, like, by the pool, like, writing. I was like, you would, oh, like, God. wake up. Like, it's so, Drew, yeah. Drew was, like, amazing to me because he would wake up at, like, noon, having slept for 14 hours. Wow. <laughs> he would do, like, a massive bong hit. He'd have, like, a muffin and, like, a coconut water. And then oh and then he would start working. That sounds and so he, lovely. He, I know it was lovely. But, like, he would actually be working and taking work calls and making notes. And I was like, how are you productive when you're always high? <laughs> I'm, I'm someone who's productive and I smoke pot, but not at the same time. Well, I think that, uh, that ebbs and flows. Because I think sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, my creative mm-hmm. juices are just going to be flowing after I hit. And then sometimes it's like, I just want to eat chips and, like, lie in bed. But... But I don't know. I mean, there was also something about the Florida thing. Like, I was just, Rick had such great weed. He had <laughs> like, the best weed. Like, Rick, yeah. if you're listening, you got to let me know where that listen. came from. It. I mean, we'll that's the weed you. that made me walk into a plate glass door. <laughs> so oh it was actually God. dangerous. I forgot but, about that. So tell me about the series. So it's you and your friend Lola yeah. and an actual baby. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I know. It's like, who let me be around a kid? Um, but yeah, so it's me and my friend Lola and then our other friend Hannah, who's like joins the cast. She's like a crazy Australian girl. But um, yeah, it's basically. And you're all kind of playing yourselves. Yes. Um, yes. Versions. I mean, totally. Me and Lola, for sure, are playing versions. I mean, obviously, if you if you're listening and you decide to watch the series, that isn't like truly me because we are pretty terrible in the show. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's me and Lola and my executive producer Benjamin Schwartz's kid Jonah, who is like also the star. And it's interesting because I when I started writing it, it was initially titled. Um, just Drew and Lola, very unique name, I know. Like Will and Grace. Um, kind of, yeah. Well, and I was like, okay, I want to write like, you know, I was like, I want to write like the raunchy Will and Grace. Like, I want to write like the more honest version, like the more like whatever. But then, you know, that, <laughs> well, I mean, that was like fine. But um, but then my executive producer was like, what if like, what if we put my kid in the show and you guys were kind of trying to raise this kid? And I was like, yes, like, and I love that. I feel like... um you know, a bunch of my girlfriends, and maybe you guys relate as fellow homosexuals with uh, female friends, but, like, I feel like there was always that, like, notion, especially growing up, I was like, what if, like, my best friend Cora and I decided to, like, have a kid together? Like, that was always in the back of my mind. And... But, like, also, you know, I mean, me trying, like, I'm a mess regardless of in the show or not. So, like, you know, putting that perspective on, like, okay, like, us actually caring for a kid as these, like, vapid, horrible narcissists. But then also, in a weird, fucked up way, having it like a a love letter to an unconventional family, sort of. Are you actually smoking pot in front of this kid? Or is it not pot that's in your your vape? <laughs> um, it's nicotine. So, so I mean, yeah. Like, I are never... there rules of what you can and can't do in front of the kid? Yeah. Who's in, like, every scene, by the way. Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I've gotten, like, because, I'm, you know, I've been trying to get, like, some write-ups and stuff. And, like, there was, like, one, and I, we don't have to name the publication, but they, like, got back to me. Because I was like, I would love for you to do a write-up, like, trying to get the word out about this series, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, hey, like, so I watched, like, a few episodes, and we just can't in good conscience, like, promote this show. Wow. <laughs> because... Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like, and you know, it's like, we, I mean, I'm just awful. I mean, we talk about sex, we do drugs in front of the kid, we do like whatever, but. Um, <laughs> and the kid is so adorable, you guys. He's Aww. just like, he's a great actor. And he just always seems happy and smiling and laughing. Right. Well, and I think that's like the great juxtaposition of the show and where a lot of the heart is, is that it's like, okay, you have Drew and Lola and they're just like caustic, caustic behaviors. They're terrible. But then you have this like adorable kid who kind of offsets it and makes it like, more of an innocent experience than you think. But it's also like, I don't know. I mean, I was just like in this day and age of social media and cloud and like what you would do. I'm like, yeah, like these two wannabe influencers would be terrible around this kid to, to you know, make their fame dreams come true or whatever it is. So to answer your question, I just went off on a completely different tangent. No, there wasn't really anything we couldn't do. I mean, I wasn't like... I mean, you know, everything in reason. We weren't saying like the worst words around Jonah and a lot of the shots like when we were filming, he would be like in one of them, but then he would be like nap time for other. And that's when we would do like close-ups of Lola and I. So some of the like raunchiest stuff is probably he wasn't there. But like, but it f- helps if, if he's the the son of the executive producer, because you don't totally. need some like worried hovering parent. Like he's okay with it clearly because it's his series. Right. Well, yeah. How big is your crew? So it's actually really small. So it's, um, so it's Ben, my executive producer, Benjamin Schwartz, me, uh, Lola Lorber, um, uh, Hannah McKenney, and then Camber Carpenter, who's an actor. She's in a, another episode. Dominique Allen Lawson, who's an actor in another episode. Patrick Hamilton, who's another actor. Um, and, oh God, oh, and uh, Roseanne Rubino, who's also an actor. And then we have um, our sound and, uh, like, sound guy, Chris Francia. And then Ben, our executive producer, who's, I mean, he's just, like, really fucking talented. And I'm really lucky that he was, like, that he wanted to do this with me, but um, he, I mean, did like everything else. He was a director, he was a cinematographer, he, you know, was like setting up lights. So, I mean, it wasn't, at most on set, there would be four or five of us. Which is ideal given, you know, what's happening now. I mean, you, are you trying to make new episodes during this time? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, we, 
this first season actually I mean, it was kind of a labor of love. It just took a lot longer as and I'm so grateful, like learning experience, I mean whatever, but um I mean it did take it took a lot of I mean it just took a lot and so we're we're thinking of um of ways to move forward. I love the idea of like a of like a pandemic themed episode. <laughs> um just cuz like that would be very doable and you could get like me and Lola and Jonah the kid could like easily like film and I'm like I feel like Drew and Lola would have like an underground like club that they're like you know like hosting like some in illegal right, COVID like, club yeah. like the meth gala yeah so hopefully that and then um, I mean towards the end of the month slash next month we'll start uh, raising money for season two. Well, I think it's delightful. You guys already have over 50,000 views on YouTube. You're, yeah. getting, you're getting great notices mm-hmm. in the press. I think what would be amazing is if you created a guest role for the person who gave you your first paid gig in New York and has gotten you multiple gigs since then. Just a suggestion. I, I would be I, I would be honored if you came on Sugar Baby's set. I would love that, I mean, absolutely. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the uh, worst thing in the world. No, it's an honor that you want to be on it, truly. I, I, of course I do, yeah. yes. How, why would I not? All right, so Drew, in the timer... Actually, there, we, we, it's not time for Ask Me No Questions yeah, yet. Uh, oh, I had other questions for you. Oh, I was wondering if you've been doing any of that virtual stand-up bullshit during this whole thing, or what kind of performing you've been doing? Yeah, um, I, um, I did, my uh, house party partners, Zach and I did a few online Zoom shows, excuse me, at the beginning of the pandemic, but as I'm sure you know, it's just like not sort of the ideal... I could never. Kind of. I could never do comedy without an audience. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, we also, Zach and I did a few, like, corporate events um, for, like, holiday parties, which is also a joke, like, that I'm, <laughs> that we were, like, performing. Not that, like, they don't, everyone deserves comedy, but, I mean, it's, like, we're raunchy girls, and they were, like, let's do, like, a bank show. But, I mean, it's weird because it's, like, it's, like, you get, like, half of the real experience, so it's, that's nice. And I, obvi- I mean, you know, we all miss performing. I mean, that, like, live interaction, of course, but, um... But yeah, I mean, not really. I'm actually doing um, Adam Chisnall's uh, online oh. Zoom show uh, January. Our, our third gay c- naked comedian. Yeah. yeah I need he, to have him on this show. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, he's lovely. He's a doll. And, yeah. and of the three of us, he was the only one with a big penis. So True, yeah. as far as naked comedy, <laughs> he was the one to watch. I know. Yeah. And he was never controversial. So <laughs> in unlike, a good way. Unlike like, you I, with your Matthew Shepard joke that almost I mean. got you banned from the tour. Yeah. I actually went to his bench. Oh, Matthew Shepard's bench? Yeah, when I was in Colorado. Oh, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a hero. So. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, no, it, it was really lovely. I, like, left flowers. That's nice. Yeah. Well, That's in the time remaining, <laughs> it's uh, time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. This is always when Drew Laos yeah. shines on the Adam <laughs> yes. Sank Show. God, your moment, Drew. We've gotten some of our favorite stories out of you during this segment. When was the last time you had sex with someone other than your hand? Be honest. Yeah, no, I will. I was being honest, and I actually thought about it because I was like, "Oh my god, it's probably like the last time we chatted," but that's not true. Um, I had sex with a guy over the summer. His, um, I don't want to say like, well, whatever. His like Instagram handle was like Shadows of the Mind, and that's just all I'll say. Which is like Ooh, a little weird. We can all find him now. I know. Shit, I probably should have said that, but I just like always refer to him as Shadows <laughs> of the Mind. Let's see if I can find him Shadows as we're the talking. Mind. Yeah, Here, I'll look at it. Um, but yeah, I had sex with him, and after we got done, he said that my hair was really pink at the time, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Like afterwards, he was like, "I actually." Had a dream about fucking Puck from a Midsummer Night's Dream, and I think in the dream it was you. And I was like, I'm gonna die alone. <laughs> was it good sex? Um, n- like, 
It was like fine. I mean, it's scratching an itch, but I don't. I mean, you know, I'm like a lazy, lazy girl, and so and he <laughs> like lame. I literally the hottest thing to me is like lying. I just want to lie there. I almost want to be in a comatose state. Like I just want to be very <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> JB gets it. Um, and and he was like, let's like stand, like blah blah blah. And then he like made me come on my wall, and oh I was my. like, like he was like, yeah, like come on the wall, and I was like, I don't really want to. Like then I'm you have, to, have clean to clean it up. It up. Yeah. yeah, I would I would say no to that. Request. Yeah, he's then, a private account. But he's very cute. Yeah, and he is really. Sweet. Can I see? I mean, it's a tiny little. Also, I'm such an asshole. He's I love gonna... that you just outed him. I know that's not not up. not just for having sex, but for having sex during COVID. I know that's okay. <laughs> we listen. Should... We don't judge on this. Sh- I mean, we do. We judge people all the time, but we're not going to judge you or him. Yeah, we work. Shadows of the mind. If you're listening, <laughs> we speak your name. <laughs> we just keep repeating the handle. I know. God, he's gonna... yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Question uh, number two. Yeah. You're doing this show with a child. Would you ever want children of your own? Um, I don't think so. But ask me if I'm ever financially stable enough and have like a loving partner who also wants a kid. But right now, that seems like a big old joke to me. Ryan, you want children, right? Someday? Uh, Someday, but also like I think now that I have a puppy, I'm like good for a while. Sure. Like I, I have a seven-month-old puppy, and he is a baby, and so Aww. like there is no, there is no world in which I have a, a a puppy and a baby at the same time. No. So maybe in like a decade. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, it's like <laughs> you're taking a selfie. Um, I think it's like <laughs> yeah. I just I I don't I just can't see it for myself right now. I mean, you but... guys are both. Very young. Yeah, we're like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, but also yeah, we're like eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know people who are having kids right now. I mean, I one of my best friends just had a baby. Like, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. It's just like, it's just not for. Her. I've never really wanted a child, and you know, I'm the good thing about turning fifty, which I will next month, mm. is that I there's no more pressure on me anymore. It's like you're too old now. You missed your window. Also, if I can age like you, I would be... Oh, you're so kind. I'm not joking. Like, it's not... Tell me more. I mean, it can't end well for my lines. And may I just tell the Instagram viewers, all five of them, no procedures. This is all natural. Touch this skin, honey. Feel this skin. The only only place you can really see my age is on my uh, lower stomach. It's starting to look a little bit old lady. Interesting. A little little crepey. Huh. And I'm thinking Crazy. of um, yeah, I'm thinking of getting the um, what do you call it lipo, lipo but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, this is I'm proud of this question, Drew. Mm-hmm. If these were your choices of life partner, which would you choose? Okay. A, great personality, tiny dick. Okay. B, terrible personality, perfect dick. Mm. Or C, mediocre personality, mediocre dick, tons of money. Oh. Um, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thinking about how much money I want lately, but I, I honestly think, um, great personality, tiny dick, because in my experience now as just like a, you know, like a, a great, like 22, 23 year old, um, I think obviously joking. Um, but, uh, I, it's, it's about how you use it, not about the size. And sometimes I don't want to be split open. I mean, I yes, think that, you know, like, that's I feel legitimate. like, yeah, I feel like there's like, Oh God, like I just wanted to be so big. Like, no, it takes so long to get all the way in there. And then by the time you do that, it's like, I mean, God help us all. Like, I don't need a hemorrhoid or a fissure. Cheers. Also, Cheers to that. I, 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 let me just say, oops. Let me just say, I thought about this long and hard after mm-hmm. I wrote the question, because I really wasn't sure how I would answer. 
I think I would go with yours. I couldn't live with someone who had a terrible personality, yeah. and I don't care about the money. I've never like that's never yeah. been appealing to me whether someone has money or doesn't. As long as they have a work ethic, right. that's kind of all I care about. Yeah. But I will say, if they have a truly tiny dick, they have to be the bottom. I'm not. Um. I'm not interested in sucking or getting <laughs> fucked by a tiny dick. I've I've been there. It's not fun. I'm happy to be the top. So hopefully, he's a nice ass. But uh, Ryan, what were you gonna say? Well, it's just like. If you're looking for a life partner, mm-hmm. someone to this spend is a life your partner. life yeah. with, right. um, you want to feel good and like a, mm-hmm. a, a big dick can only go so far. Yeah, well, I mean, literally, it can only go so far. <laughs> up me, <laughs> and I have a very, I have a very shallow vagina. In the uh, shallow, Drew, shallow. name something yeah. you've done a lot more of than usual since the pandemic began. Um, cry. Really? No, I don't know. Um. Uh, something I do, I've been doing a lot more now that the pandemic, um, uh, I mean, I'm, well, that is a really good question. I'm way more, adi- but it's like, I feel like I, yeah, I guess I've lived my life completely normally. I'm like, nothing's changed. This is I mean, um, it is for some people. A lot more, a lot more like board game nights with my roommates. Like, and I think that's been really lovely. That's like, nice. we didn't really do that a lot, but now it's like, oh, we're like going to play like, like cards I, I was looking for drugs, like overeating, uh, porn, but it sounds like you've been approaching this in a healthy I'm so way. so wholesome. No, well, I mean, I've been you. drinking a lot more, but I always drink a lot. So, you know. I think I know the answer to this question because I think we've asked you before, but what's yeah. the worst thing someone has ever said to you in bed? Yeah, I mean, I always, uh, well, yeah, oh man, it's a mess back here. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. One time a guy said to me, and this used to be one of my jokes on stage. One time a guy said to me, hold on, I want Instagram to see me. In the middle of it, he goes, I smell shit. And the punchline of that story is I was as clean as a whistle. So I don't know what the fuck he was smelling, but it was not me. It was him. It was him. It was his soul. It had to be him. Uh, Drew, uh, who is your favorite porn star? Oh, uh, I've actually been watching, um, oh God, what's his, uh, Cade Maddox a lot. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, I like watching him fuck guys in, like, doggy style. I don't know what, like, I just saw a video and I was like, oh, that's sort of, like, my ideal. And he's just kind of, like, yeah. I always prefer watching doggy style and doing doggy style. To yeah, me, that is same. the hottest position that two men can possibly be in. Because yeah. no one's ass looks better than when they're... In doggy style. Right. That's well, just a great position. There's something about having someone like in your like kind of like biting your ear, like just like right there, or again just lying there. <laughs> How much time do we have left, JB? Two minutes. Um, I don't know why I came up with this. This is such a shitty question for you. What mm. what law? Try to be funny. What law would you most like President Biden to pass? <laughs> try to be funny, Drew. Uh, what? <laughs> such law? a shitty question. Um, well, I'm really happy that he's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm like, let, let's think of a bit. Like, um, think of the wildest. Like, what would you oh, like to? Oh, like yeah. a made up law. Okay, yeah. I was like, well, I really like that he, you know, lifted the transgender ban on yes. the military. Of course, that's great. well, he hasn't um, yet, but he's going to. Right. Um. Well, I mean, you know, to executive order gay marriage legal on, in the entire United States for every state. There you go. Um. Yeah. That probably that. That's not funny. But Drew I Lausch, really want that to happen. Tell people how they can watch Sugar Baby and how they can follow you. Um. Yeah. So either go to www.sugarbabyseries.com or just type 
type in Sugar Baby series in YouTube and please watch all seven episodes. I think they're super hilarious. They're wonderful. And I'm not biased at all. Um, and then mm-hmm. I am Real Drew Lausch on Instagram, Drew Lausch on Twitter. And then also please follow Sugar Baby Web Series on Instagram. Thank too. you <laughs> so much. Thank I love you. you. It's wonderful seeing you. Thank you, Ryan and JB. Follow Ryan Thank at you. Ryan Frosting. Follow JB at Stocking Anarchy 12. Follow me, me at Adam Sank on Twitter and Insta. Email me at adminadamsank.com. Get your Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. Bye, bitches. Have a Bye. great week. Love you. Oh, next week, Pam Ann.